you take the same injury, let's say someone walking across the street and um, let's say they twist their ankle, depending on what is going on in that person's life or situation at that time, a brain can decide whether that's going to be painful or not. So a good example is, you know, someone is walking across the street, maybe they're having a bad day, they're very anxious, they're walking alone, they twist their ankle and they feel that as, as severe pain. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go-getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to episode 251 of the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Walker. We're hanging out at the intersection of mindset, business, and health. And today I am joined by an incredible practitioner, Dr. Sheetal Dakaria. And Dr. Dakaria is an anesthesiologist by background and super interested in and treats chronic pain. And what's amazing about this conversation is she really straddles these two universes of conventional medicine as an anesthesiologist managing pain. It's like, it's as conventional as we can get. And then she goes, wait a second, I actually need, I need solutions for patients that are not just pharmaceutically uh, driven. I need solutions for patients that are respectful of their mental, emotional history and life history and the integrative factors that actually make up who they are. And it, it was, it was such a refreshing approach to the management of pain. It was an intriguing conversation. We we got into the influence of the brain and how we have to treat the brain if we're going to treat chronic pain, how the brain really is the master of that component, the influence of, of childhood trauma and trauma in general in terms of the perpetuation and, and risk for, for chronic pain. And then we got into the influence of, of gut and uh, your entire ecosystem of health and how it influences what you are feeling in that in that chronic nature. Truly, um, an interesting conversation. Uh, Dr. Dakaria is so good at what she does. She is the absolute expert in her field, and I'm super excited to have the opportunity for you to hear from her now. Dr. Sheetal Dakaria, welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. Thank you. How are you? I am very well, and I'm super jazzed for this conversation. We were we were having a, a great uh, a great convo before we uh, we hit record around you know balance between conventional medicine and naturopathic functional medicine and and how we how we integrate these two pieces. So I'm really delighted to be able to explore this concept today in an avenue and in a vertical that is distinctly your expertise, which is the management of pain. And so I'm wondering before we uh, before we get into that, if I can ask you to just share with our audience a little bit about your journey as a physician, how you got to this place in your career, your fascination and, and interest and practice of functional medicine, and then let's totally jump in. 
Perfect. So I am an anesthesiologist and pain physician, so very traditionally trained. And about two months after I finished all my board exams, I started to have chronic pain myself for the first time. And I kind of journeyed through as a patient, obviously with some background in treating pain, but my pain was, was pretty complicated in that a lot of tests that were done were very normal. And a lot of the things that were traditional, like physical therapy and everything, just just wasn't taking it away. So I decided that, you know, I wanted to dive into more integrative holistic training. So I did a one year um, faculty scholars program in integrative medicine, and I did some functional medicine training because I just felt like I wanted to get rid of the pain for good. I mean, I was very young at that time in my 30s. I didn't want to be living with pain my whole life. So through that journey, um, I just didn't feel like anyone was really putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. You know, it just seemed like everyone was very isolated that I saw and they kind of knew their specialty and, and nothing else to offer outside of that. So through the journey, I finally did figure out how to get rid of my pain. And it took a lot of lifestyle changes, nutrition changes, some mind-body changes. So it was a lot of integrative techniques that eventually cured my own pain. So then I decided to start uh, my own practice and I've been practicing in an integrative fashion um, with my patients now, and it's been great. Okay, so talk to me about the training that you got in conventional medicine around nutrition and lifestyle factors and how they have an influence on pain or chronic conditions. It was very limited, as I'm sure you know. So in medical school, <laughs> there is leading question. Yes, there is like one class on nutrition. Um, it was my first year of medical school, and it was just very, very surface oriented and honestly, not clinical at all. It was just a basic nutrition class. From there, I would say it was not really taught at all. Um, I did do what we call a multidisciplinary pain fellowship. So, you know, we're talking a lot of physical therapy. We did learn about biofeedback. We did learn about, you know, cognitive types of mind-body therapies, but it just didn't feel like really the GI tract, the nutrition aspect was talked about at all. Um, although we did talk about, you know, a lot of mind body techniques, I would say, but it really wasn't like put together in a way that we could apply it in our practice, because we were very much uh, an interventional pain fellowship, meaning that we learned all the procedures that we need to do. Right. And I'm saying this not to be the the jerk interviewer who opens with the leading question. The context, you know, just for our, for my listeners is that we had this conversation at the beginning that, you know, my husband was a conventionally trained uh, physician as well. And so he jokes all the time. He like now he is a food startup, so he's more educated on. But he throws down all the time. He's like, Megan, you're having too much salt. And I was like, that's because that's the literally the only thing you learned in medical school about <laughs> nutrition is that people have too much salt. So I'm joking with him all the time. But, you know, in all seriousness, I, I asked the question because I, I think one of the things I'm just so fascinated about with your journey is one so early on in your medical career, you're like, whoa, 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 like, I, I need I need a solution like this isn't working. This is we talked about this before this this idea of, a, of an on ramp and we're we're externalizing all of this treatment. I love that right out of the get go. You're like, whoa, like what if yes. what if there's other factors that actually have an influence on health? So I really respect that you were very open to exploring that. Uh, early on in your career. And then two, just acknowledging the fact that there are incredible things that happen in the conventional side. And then there is this whole other world. And one of my frustrations right now in the universe is that we are so polarized. You're like in this camp or this camp. Yes. Um, and I feel like you're just so emblematic of the power of bringing these two pieces together. Can you speak to a little bit about 
what happens in your own practice, how you are approaching pain with your own patients. And if you've, if you've got someone or a story about a patient where we can really have an understanding of how these two pieces play out, we'd love to hear that. Absolutely. And thank you for asking that, like we were talking about a little earlier. I think it's, it's important for patients to understand that it's okay to need both sides. And, you know, especially when it comes to pain, because I have patients that come in and they are in excruciating pain. I mean, it's just, you know, it's very, it's easy to say, oh, you should be exercising. This is what you need to do. You need to go on an elimination diet. You need to start cooking. You need to do all these things. And they look at me like, I can't do any of that stuff right now. I can't move. So it's important that, you know, when I first see someone, I assess where they're at in their journey. And if it's excruciating pain that limits their ability to do any of their activities, we need to treat that first. And that's where I think conventional medicine does do a good job of helping those symptoms. So at least they can get to where they're functional, they're feeling okay. Now, whether that's a medication or a procedure, um, like an injection to just kind of decrease that level of pain. And then we can look at, okay, so now you're feeling better. Let's look at where this pain originated from. You know, is it from a muscular imbalance that's not even, you know, at your knee where your pain is, but it's actually at your hip or your pelvis? Is it, um, you know, stress that's driving your chronic pain syndromes? Like, let's let's assess that. Now you're feeling better. You have the energy and the ability to actually work on some of these other techniques. But I think it's important to blend both because otherwise, you know, if you just do the conventional side and you do an injection and you do nothing else, or maybe, maybe send them to physical therapy, but with no guidance, in two or three months, that pain is going to come back. Um, and it may even be worse. So it's, it's important that, you know, you first meet them where they're at, make them feel better. And then from there, you figure out, okay, now what's the root cause? And how do we make this not come back? 100%. And I feel like one without the other is literally like patching and repainting the wall when you haven't fixed the drip, like you haven't fixed the that's, water that's pouring in. And, you know, conventional medicine is really good at turning off the tap. Right. And then, and then, right? Like that yes. is the exciting part is we get to go and then because we can't just turn off the tap forever because that's also right. not that's also not necessarily a, a solution. When we look at this sort of functional medicine medicine side of pain investigation, so notwithstanding, okay, we've we've shut off the we've shut off the pain, and we can get into how conventional medicine does that, but like there there's just tons of magic tricks that can get pulled, <laughs> and we can sh we can we can shut off the pathways so that we are experiencing that pain. And what's great is we're both an acknowledgement of the fact that you're like, okay, but. You, you, that that didn't fix that didn't fix the problem at all. Like now we need to address the leak. What does your process look like in terms yes. of finding the leak and then remediating it for patients? Yeah. So the first thing is a very comprehensive history, right? So trying to figure out not just immediate short-term things, but like looking back to childhood, looking back to when did the pain start, looking back to what is their their daily life look like? What's their diet like? What's their exercise regimen like? Um, and, you know, from there, a physical exam, what I do in the office is really important to look not just at the area that hurts, but at other areas as well. And so it's a really comprehensive intake initially. And the idea is that, you know, like we were talking earlier, a symptom, um, 
doesn't necessarily mean that that's the origin of pain. So like a, even like a knee arthritis or a shoulder arthritis, you know, that may be where their pain is, is focused or localized at this time. But the issue may be something, you know, away from there. It may be related to how they're sitting, how they're moving, imbalances in other places, um, you know, stress in their life that's kind of activating their fight or flight response all the time. So there's a lot of different things that we need to look at. And so part of my journey through incorporating functional and integrative medicine is looking at all of those things, combining it with my physical exam and saying, okay, is the pain physical? Is it a mind-body type of pain syndrome? Is it a centralized pain syndrome? You know, there's different um, types of syndromes that I'm looking at. And then from there, I can kind of tailor my treatment plan. What's been your most surprising finding through this as you've sort of journeyed to that functional medicine side? I think what's been interesting is that I've found that a lot of the really severe chronic pain sufferers, their symptoms started in adolescence or very early adulthood. A lot of them have very similar like childhood, what we call childhood adverse events or childhood traumas. And I start to see just these patterns that have developed in patients. And, you know, it's gotten to the point where I can almost tell just from looking at their paperwork, what their symptoms will be and, you know, what their kind of treatment plan is. And so it's it's just been um, eye-opening to learn, you know, what kind of things early on in life are going to lead to chronic pain later. What kinds of things are you seeing leading to it? So a big one, like I said, is, is childhood trauma. So we're talking like emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse as a child is a big, big indicator. And a lot of that is because, and this is where we go into like how pain is processed and it's actually processed in the brain. Um, and so, you know, even if you look at what the International Association and the Study of Pain defines pain, they say that it could be from a physical or emotional trauma. So they're there can actually be an emotional injury to the brain. So I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of um, physical pain conditions develop as a result of just years of being sedentary and you know too much sitting, that's a big thing. So a lot of us are not using and activating our gluteal muscles, our hip muscles, our, you know, we're not strengthening our core because we're sitting all day. So I see a lot of people who it takes just, you know, decades of, of a sedentary lifestyle of where they're having no pain. And then all of a sudden they wake up and all those years of not moving has led to to now, you know, very difficult pain to treat. Can we just have a working definition of pain? So we're all on the same page. Yes. Like we all have experienced it. We're like painful, <laughs> not painful. But like what what actually is the definition of pain? So the uh, pain is basically like a negative emotional and sensory experience, and it can be attributed to either physical or emotional trauma. So it's, it's in a sense, an experience that your brain is having. So a lot of us think that, okay, when we injure our hand, we have a physical injury and that's what's causing pain from pain fibers or, you know, pain neurons that are in our hand, but that's actually not true. So we have um, the way that pathway takes place is that it's actually your brain that decides that something that has just happened is going to be painful. And a lot of that, I mean, they'll talk about you take the same injury, let's say someone walking across the street, and um, let's say they twist their ankle. Depending on what is going on in that person's life or situation at that time, a brain can decide whether that's going to be painful or not. So a good example is, you know, someone is walking across the street, maybe they're having a bad day, they're very anxious, they're walking alone. 
they twist their ankle and they feel that as a severe pain. And then another person next to them, maybe walking, maybe it's a mom, she's pushing a stroller with a baby. She's focused on, I need to cross the street because my baby needs to get to the other side safely. She twists her ankle. That's not her focus at that time. She just keeps walking, gets her baby safely and doesn't experience pain with that exact same injury. Where does our own life experience, notwithstanding trauma, influence the pain piece? What have you observed from that perspective? It influences it a lot, actually. Um, so, you know, I have many patients who come to me and they have family members who have had, you know, severe episodes of back pain or maybe a mom that had fibromyalgia and they're kind of just in tune to if anything is is even similar to what they've seen or what their family members experienced, it's automatically like, that's what I have. Um, and I also just see that that people who experience an episode of an injury or something that leads to some physical pain, depending on what is going on in their life at that time, it could just kind of imprint itself as a negative experience and, you know, not really a full on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, but if they have something like that happen again, it triggers a much more severe response than you would think because it's associated in their brain with what was going on the last time that same thing happened. Can we treat pain without treating the brain? I don't think so. Um, so, and that's really where you're talking about acute and chronic pain. So acute pain being pain less than three months um, from let's just say a tissue injury. Your tissues should heal in three months. All of ours should, and they do, um, unless there's some reason that they they can't. But for the most part, everybody's acute pain episode should end in three months. So for acute pain, I think a lot of times we can treat it effectively with conventional medicine um, or time or really just nothing, and it will get better. But when we're talking about chronic pain, is that pain that's been there for over three months, that's when the brain has really taken over. And that's what's kind of playing a huge role in driving this central pain site or this chronic pain cycle. So I think when you get to chronic pain, you have to take the brain into consideration or else it's going to be very hard to like completely eliminate it. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like when you are working with someone on that chronic pain side. What does, what does your functional medicine approach look like? Notwithstanding the comprehensive interview piece, but like how do you treat it functionally? What, what kind of tools are you deploying for patients? So similar to a lot of functional medicine practitioners treating other conditions, you have to start with looking at the gut. There's just such a huge inflammation piece that comes from their diet. Um, many have different sensitivities, whether it's to gluten or sugar or dairy, and simply like diet changes alone, a lot of times can get rid of a lot of their fatigue, a lot of their joint pain, a lot of their various conditions. Um, so there's definitely that piece. There's testing involved. Um, but I really do just like to challenge people with an elimination diet. That's a big thing that I do. Um, because, you know, looking at their, like we get a diet and nutrition history. And if I see that there's areas to improve, just getting them on an elimination diet can take care of quite a bit of, of things that need to be done. And we also look at environmental toxins, you know, what are things that we can eliminate? Um, what are things that may be triggering their symptoms? So that's a big piece of it as well. And I work with a health coach that will um, kind of walk patients through going through that side of it. 
And then there's a lot of education. Um, my book actually goes through a lot of this. And so because I do take insurance, I'm an insurance-based clinic, my time is limited compared to other functional medicine clinics. So a lot of what I do is handouts, education, here's some videos, here's the book um, to kind of educate them on these concepts because many people have not even been introduced to any of this stuff through their conventional medicine experience. Yeah, well, and I, th- I think that's, you know, a huge testament to the work that you're putting into the into the world is there's this incredible opportunity to help people take control of their health. Like, I think, you know, there's a value to finding a non-pharmaceutical intervention, but I, I feel like the big, the big winning feature of this is, and I really feel like often disease has an opportunity to serve people, is that they really get to learn that what they are doing to themselves every single day actually has a massive influence yes, on absolutely. these things that have happened to them. So, you know, I, 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 I love that you are resourcing people um, from that capacity. I'm curious too about uh, your experience clinically, whether or not, and in, to what extent you're viewing and seeing stealth infections as a contributing factor in terms of, of pain, possibly in conditions like uh, fibromyalgia. And I'll include yeah. in that category mold. Because yes. this is something I saw a ton of in my, in my practice. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious what you're seeing. Yes. So with fibromyalgia and, and chronic fatigue syndrome, which is, a, you know, a fair amount of what I do see, unfortunately, but the there definitely is. And if you look back, you know, a lot of them will say, oh, I had, you know, um, mono as a kid. And that's kind of when my symptoms started. Or I have, a, you know, I've been getting a lot of sinus infections, just various infections that seem to be tied to it. Um so a lot of what I do initially is, like I talked about, is the kind of lifestyle things, the easier fixes. If those are not getting us anywhere, that's when we start doing deeper dive testing. And, you know, in that being looking at Lyme, looking at mold, um, you know, looking at different virus tests and trying to see if there's something on that end that we need to look at and treat. And I would say that for a lot of the patients that are resistant to the conventional things um, or resistant to even just improving with what I just described, those are the ones that do respond to, you know, that deeper dive and and looking at those things. And it's, it's so overlooked, I think that, um, especially when it comes to fibromyalgia, I think there is a big tie. If we could, if you, I mean, if you got this phone call tomorrow that you are now responsible for uh, public health education not related to acute viral situations, but related to, you know, how do we help create an environment where people are less susceptible to the chronicity of disease, in your case, pain? What kind of like basic lifestyle things would you be like screaming from the rooftops that we need to start to implement and talk about on a societal level? Yes. So, um, always start with nutrition and, and, and our diets, I think are horrendous. (laughs) So, you know, trying to go as whole food, plant-based, not processed as we possibly can, Um, but really looking a lot at movement regularly, optimizing sleep, and reducing stress. Um, It seems so basic, but we just aren't doing it. And I think also being open to personal traumas, things that have affected your own stress levels that maybe you don't even realize because it's been pushed to the subconscious. So I think a big thing that is part of my book and that I do with my patients is like some journaling exercises, letter writing, these different things that will uncover, um, 
you know, and I don't want to share stories from patients without checking with them, but we'll uncover some things that are very eye opening that they didn't even realize where, you know, were things that were driving their stress for many years or relationships that are toxic that are contributing to how they're feeling. Yes. So I think it's important to really focus on all of those aspects and do your very best to optimize them, even if you don't have chronic pain today, because you may, and you want your body to be as, you know, I guess as healthy and as prone to healing as you can be, because mm -hmm. all of us will suffer some back pain episode, we'll suffer some injury, we will go through a stressful life event that will kind of prime our bodies to enter into a chronic pain cycle. And we just want to be in the best state that we can be so that we don't get there. Yeah, I, I, I love that advice. And it's so true that I've had so many patients in my own experience where an event has has triggered some sort of chronic pain response or some any kind of response really in their body. And then finally, we reach a point we've done all the things and they'll come back and they'll be like, it's gone. And I'll say, what did you do? And they'll say, I got divorced mm -hmm. or I quit my job or I got rid of that relationship that was so problematic in my life. Or, you know, I finally talked to my mom about that thing that was, that was bothering me. And so, you know, I, I, I really appreciate this conversation because it, it speaks to the complexity of, uh, it speaks to the complexity of, of not just pain, but of our bodies and our body's desperate attempts sometimes to communicate uh, with us about yes. what's actually taking place. Definitely. What advice would you give to people who are currently working, I'm going to say more on the traditional side, around how to have a conversation with their physicians about opening the breadth of exploration with respect to the cause of their, their pain and potential treatment courses? So I think that it does become hard because unless you're seeing someone that is actually trained in treating pain, as a lot of times what happens is people start with their primary care doctor, which is the right place to start. But I think once they've ruled out the life-threatening conditions and they're kind of, you know, been given that prescription for physical therapy and told, here's your anti-inflammatories or steroid pack, good luck. I think at that point they can ask for either a referral to a pain doctor to do a full physical exam and try to figure out exactly, you know, where the source of the pain is. But I think ultimately it's just asking for questions, asking, um, you know, asking your doctor, well, where do you think this is coming from? You know, what, what do you think I can do differently? But to be honest, a lot of times, if you're not seeing the right practitioner, they may not know the answer to that. And, and I went through that journey myself as a patient, I was going and seeing a surgeon for my foot issue, a different surgeon for my hip issue. And, and to be honest, they weren't really, sure, um, because they were so focused on that one body part. So I think it's important to kind of advocate for yourself. Um, you know, if you do go to physical therapy to ask them to look beyond just your knee or your foot or wherever the, the issue is and say, you know, can you do a whole body assessment and tell me how am I walking? Is there anything, you know, how are my arches? How are like all these things for that may be impacting pain elsewhere? Um, and then in terms of, of the functional medicine aspect, you know, if you can't afford to see a functional medicine doctor or an integrative doctor, there's plenty of really good resources out there, um, you know, and Your really book. just like the simple things we talked, <laughs> the simple things we talked about, like in the lifestyle changes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and the lifestyle changes and, and these things that, you know, may not be addressed in your conventional visit. 
Um, but if you identify yourself like, hey, you know what, I do have a lot of stress or, or I did have some childhood trauma that I think I haven't addressed to ask to see a therapist and to talk to, you know, get some help with all of those things. Yeah, such such important advice. And I just like for anyone who needs it, you have full permission to move forward in exploring these things for yourself. And it's awesome to have a functional medicine practitioner. And often you can just start to look at the resources and it's going to call to attention all of these opportunities for you to start to make uh, make shifts in your life. And like you said, being able to look at diet, being able to look at, you know, what is, what is my psychological state? What are the influences of mm-hmm. my stress? And then also physiological stress. What's going on with my blood sugar? It's going on with my right. adrenals. What's like, what other things is my body trying to manage? And this is just the cup, uh, yeah. cup overflowing. So I, you know, all of this is such, such poignant advice. And I feel like we're at a really great place to make a transition into uh, in our interview to something I call our KPIs or key performance indicators. So just like we have them uh, in our businesses, I believe that we have them in how we live our lives as well. So I've got four quick questions for you. Sure. First one is um, what book or concept has really sort of created a moment or pause for thought for you uh, in the last year? What new idea has sort of come into your purview that's uh, that you've been contemplating? Well, for book that I recommend to my patients a lot is uh, Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. So that's a big one that I really think is eye-opening for a lot of people. And it was one of the ones that I read during my own pain journey where I was like, oh my gosh, um, you know, I hadn't even thought about it in this way. So I think that's that's a big one that I would recommend. What's your favorite health hack? Sleep just to optimize sleep. Because if you're not sleeping well, your pain sensitivity goes up. And and to be honest, the rest of your day is just so challenging. So um, doing everything you can, just proper sleep hygiene and really trying to address sleep. If you think you may have sleep apnea, get a sleep study, you know, these kind of things. I think it's huge. Yeah, me too. I'm like super obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> it fixes, basically fixes everything. It does. <laughs> what would, how would you describe your purpose? It's a great question. I think my purpose is, well, for one, just to help as many people as I can, but also to educate. Um, I think, you know, to try to educate as many people and to reach as many people as I can about, you know, the underlying causes of pain. And just if, if I can touch lives in any way, I think it's, um, I think I've served my purpose. Amazing. And last question for you, entrepreneurship. Are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs? Great question. I think for me, I was born this way. Um, I think I always wanted to just do something different, own my own business, be, you know, just kind of make waves and and create change and stuff like that. So for me, I think I was born that way. But I do think people can become entrepreneurs with time. I love we've we've covered all of our our bases. Dr. Sheetal Takaria, so great hanging out with you. Where can we direct people to learn more about all the things you're up to in this world and get access to your book. Yes, thank you. Um, so my website is drdecaria.com. So that's D-R-D-E-C-A-R-I-A.com. And um, from there, you can access my office websites and stuff. And the book is Break the Chronic Pain Cycle. It's available on Amazon, um, also on Barnes & Noble, a couple other websites. But um, if you're local to the Chicago area, which is where I am, it's also in the libraries around here. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Such a great guest. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. It is so super fascinating to me the way 
the body speaks to us, the way it takes these opportunities where something, it, it just it just takes opportunity to tell us how we can actually go deeper in terms of our healing. Sure, we can always take something and just shut it off. We have that we have that privilege with almost uh, any disease that we can just turn off the process so we don't feel it anymore. But there is usually, if not always, a parallel opportunity to go deeper in terms of understanding what the body's actually trying to share and say. And I mean, no disrespect for people who are managing chronic disease to suggest that it's just so, as simple as, as changing your lifestyle, because this alternative path that I'm talking about is not, is not simple and it's not easy in any way. But what it is, is this tremendous opportunity to move you closer to health. It's this tremendous opportunity to uh, mitigate uh, other chronic diseases to actually feel the power of what is possible when you take complete and total ownership over how you eat, how you want to feel, how you want to manage and recover uh, with respect to your own psychology. There's There really is uh, an opportunity for many patients to go deeper on their own healing and, uh, and to really own it, to make it something that they are responsible for achieving, not something they went to someone else to fix for them. That's not for everyone. Um, but for those of you who are listening, for those of you who are intrigued by this conversation, I want you to know that it is certainly an opportunity. Um, and you can learn more about that opportunity by um, by delving into Dr. Dakaria's book. You're able to access a link to that, to her work, to everything that she's up to uh, in my show notes. And you can find those by heading over to www.meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. And you'll find this podcast, our show notes, all of our podcasts. You can search them all um, so that you never miss a beat. So head on over there, grab those show notes. And if you're feeling particularly inspired uh, in an, uh, and in a supportive spirit, we would love it if you could leave us a review for this show. Share with us how you feel. Share how you feel about uh, the Anthropology podcast. You can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated for sure. Like always, I am Dr. Megan Walker. I am wishing you an impactful week ahead and we'll hang out again next week.